kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Adams family. The house is a museum when people come to see them. They really are a scream, the Adams family. Neat, sweet, petite. So get a witch's shawl on, a broomstick you can crawl on. We're gonna pay a call on the Adams family. Welcome back to 1067 The Fan. This is the Adams Family Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. And I'm joined on the hotline right now by my guy, Justin Fensterman from SiriusXM. What's going on, Justin? Happy Halloween, Awad. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. Of course, man. I'm always having you on during the NBA season, the host of Alarm After Hours on SiriusXM. Uh, so what, let's start with this. What have been your uh, biggest takeaways from the start of the season? Well, I'm sure you're going to set me up for this, but how about the Wizards slowing down their game a little <laughs> bit? I think that's definitely, I mean, this was a team that was a top, that was atop the pace charts all year long last year. Now, if you're looking at the pace leaders with teams and pace with possessions, very big, the Wizards are now halfway down that list. And I think slowing down their game has improved them offensively. And boy, have we seen them improve defensively too. Letting up just a buck eight a game, that is incredible right there. And I have to give a lot of credit to Montrez Harrell, who's been outstanding, who I didn't know if they had as big of expectations for in Washington. Yeah, you made a great point there because everyone's talking about the defense, but the offense is different. And I'd say the number one thing is Wes Sunsell Jr. has got these guys to take better shots. It's shot selection. You know, they're coming down the court there, and they used to just jack up a three or go to the basket and take something wild. Now it's the extra pass. They're trying to get assists. The assists per game have been up this season. Uh, and, man, every possession, it seems like, it's good ball movement. It's guys like Kyle Kuzma who will take you off the dribble, and if he can't dunk on you, he's going to kick it out to uh, Caldwell Pope. Or Howell Neto off the bench has been really good with keeping his dribble alive. The ball movement has been really fun this season. And, of course, on defense, man, it's a game changer. Montrez Harrell is a culture changer. Uh, it feels like people care on defense now. And um, Glenn Consor said this on the uh, game last night, and he said when the team takes a bad shot or misses an open look, they try to get it back on defense, which is something they didn't do last year. Right, and and with that, I mean, look at the players that they have. I mean, you mentioned Harold, but Contavious Caldwell-Pope, also a very solid perimeter defender. Kyle Kuzma has been a revelation. This was like Kyle Kuzma when he was a rookie when he was attacking the boards and not just sitting there at the arc shooting threes, making me pull my non-existent hair out, A1. But now this guy is averaging, what, 15 and a half and nearly 12 boards per game. Definitely one of the biggest surprises of the year as well, the impact that he has made. I mean, we all were focused, at least I was, because I love Rui Hachimura. But with him, who's been out, I mean, Kuzma has taken full advantage and maybe a change of scenery is just what he needed because this is rookie Kuzma again. And rookie Kuzma... Did take mid-range shots, but he attacked the hell out of the basket. And I'm just so glad that this change of scenery is working out for him thus far. Absolutely. I mean, Russell Westbrook was averaging a triple-double, grabbing a ton of rebounds. We were wondering who would grab those rebounds. It's been Kyle Kuzma. Uh, so 5-1 and one in the Eastern Conference, but they're not the only team 5-1. and one. The Heat are 5-1. and one. The Bulls are 5-1. and one. The Knicks are 5-1. and one. Who's the best 5-1 and one team in the East? Oh, man, these teams, I'd say at this point, probably would have to be 
I would say the Bulls probably at five and one because really? even though there was okay, so the Wizards have done very well defensively. The Bulls, though, despite losing Patrick Williams, they still got a lot of depth up front, and it's going to be hard to keep them from scoring down the stretch. I think DeMar DeRozan, they, they have a lot of guys they want that can rotate to multiple positions. Yeah. So, yes, while the Bulls have a big gaping hole to fill at power forward, like they kind of did as well in the offseason going back, still DeMar DeRozan can rotate there if needed for a few minutes, and yeah. that's okay. So I don't think it's as big of a loss as originally planned. Here's the thing with the Heat. I'm very interested to see how they are down the stretch, whether or not they can fully stay healthy. Tyler Hero coming back has been incredible. And with the Wizards, if the Wizards can keep it up defensively, I mean, they'll be solid too. We saw that. We saw the beginnings of that last year towards the end, and they've just picked it up and shown major improvements. I think the Bulls regarding Zach Levine, doesn't end up fracturing that finger that it's apparently a little bit torn. I think that Bulls team's going to bring a lot of heat, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, no, you're, you mentioned it. When it comes down to the end of the game there, with DeRozan, who can mit, hit big shots, Zach Levine, who can hit big shots, Lonzo to ball movement, uh, Chicago's really good. But their one loss this season was to the New York Knicks, and I think the Knicks right now are the best team in the Eastern Conference they're playing really well. Julius Randle's been an all-star. He's been unbelievable. It's really cool to see uh, what they've been able to get from Derrick Rose. It's it's a different Derrick Rose than I remember, uh, but it, but he's still you know making plays and having an impact. Obi Toppin's making plays. I mean, Evan Fournier was a huge pickup for them, and R.J. Barrett's scoring 20 points a game. They've been great. Yeah, they have been, and that's the difference between this Knicks team this year and last year. Last year, they didn't have that knockdown shooter. They had to rely on guys like Reggie Bullock to beat him every night. But now they have Evan Fournier, so it takes the pressure off of Randall. Here's my one thing with the Knicks, though. They try to go back into the Knicks of last year form, and it becomes too much Randall isolation. It doesn't work! <laughs> it didn't work against the Hawks. It just doesn't work. I'm freaking out like you, Awad. It doesn't work. <laughs> They trap him in the corner. Every single team, line him up. They know to trap Randall in the corner when he's on the dribble. As soon as he goes to the side, right there by the arc, he's rotating around the arc with the ball. As soon as he hits that side, he's going to be trapped, and he's going to take a stupid shot from the corner. That's why what we've been seeing a little bit when it comes to the closing minutes of games with the Knicks, teams are starting to chip away at them. They want to keep going to Randall, but utilize this newfound depth that you bought and that is going to create a better Knicks team on offense because Atlanta stymied them because they trapped Randall as much as they did last year in the first round. You're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio here on 106.7 The Fan. My guest right now on the hotline, Justin Fensterman. Fensty Sports is where you can find him on social media. Radio host Alarm After Hours on Sirius XM Monday through Friday, 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. Let's move over to the Western Conference now. Start with the Phoenix Suns, 2-3 and three on the season. I was saying on my show last season there was no way in hell the Phoenix Suns would get back to the Western Conference Finals and then to the NBA Finals. What's going on with Phoenix this season? They're not scoring. That's a big, big problem for them. We know that this team can slow everything down, and that's what brought them there last year. But only scoring about 105 points, that's not always going to get it done for them. And here's the problem with DeAndre Ayton, and I'm sure this is contributing to the drama surrounding his lack of extension that the Suns are giving him. The problem is he's not as dynamic as you think. I mean, yes, he can get inside, but is he a game-changing center? He was for a couple of games during the playoffs. I'm not sure that's the case. 
And beyond him, when it comes to their big man depth, that lack of size, and I think they could use another skilled big man to be able to help them out there. But this team is very defense-oriented. Mikel Bridges, he's more of a defense guy. Alfred Payton, more of a defense guy. Jay Crowder, more of a defense guy. And it's finally starting to catch up to this team. They need more offense, guys. And the problem is someone like a Cameron Payne has been a little bit banged up. He hasn't been able to to be able to play it with that, they lose their change of pace option. So the Suns' offense is really hindering them right now, despite their defense still being pretty much intact. Yeah, and and I know from my fantasy basketball league, Devin Booker's not playing good enough. He was cut from my fantasy basketball league. He's what? a free agent now. Yes, uh, it's a crazy league with salaries. Um, salaries matter, so he's kind of overpriced for a guy averaging 20 points a game right now, but he needs to turn it around. We need him to score 30. Uh, but here's something that's interesting. So the Western Conference, the team of my favorite team in the West now is Denver, and so Washington, the football team, is in Denver to face uh, the Broncos, but the Denver Nuggets, second in the Northwest Division right now, 4-2. and two. They've been so much fun to watch this season. I'm supporting them because of my guy Bones Highland from VCU getting a couple minutes there as the backup point guard. Jokic, uh, unbelievable. Last night he had 26 points and 19 rebounds. Uh, is that a team that you can you can see them making a deep playoff run? Yes, and remember this team will eventually get back Jamal Murray yep. in the next couple of months, and that'll just add a little bit more. I mean, they've had the stopgaps to fill in with Monte Morris, very familiar there, so wasn't worried about that. The story goes down, but we've seen a healthy Will Barton, and that's been a major difference. We are not seeing the usual Will Barton, Gary Harris, where they're in and out as they've been kind of over the last two years. Gary Harris off the team now, and Will Barton, now that he's in, this is a guy another gadget guy that can play at multiple positions. You can theoretically play Will Barton at four positions. So never need to really bring him into the four because they have Aaron Gordon, who's been having a nice start to the season, and Michael Porter Jr., who's been kind of meh. But at the same time, they've got the depth there. So Will Barton not only can rotate between the two and the three, if they need him to bring up the ball, the guy has handles too. He's dishing over three dimes per game. That's something right there, and that gives him a little bit more staying power in the rotation. Sitting there playing nearly 32 minutes a night, good defender. So that's someone that I'm very, very focused on, and I think that's a, one of the key cogs in this Denver organization. You're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio, Adam Epstein with Justin Fensterman. Uh, so I, I'd like to talk about you know non-sports stuff on this show, and one of those things has been stocks being on fire. I'm a holder of Tesla right now. So with that being said, I'm going to ask you to buy or sell two teams in the NBA right now that we haven't mentioned. Who are you buying and who are you selling? Oh, man, I saw you were about to ask me stocks. I'm like, I'm not really a businessman anyway. <laughs> so one of the teams that I'm actually going to be buying here is I am going to buy the Charlotte Hornets. I'm mm -hmm. thinking that right now you're seeing them 4-2. and two. I'm thinking that they're going to remain in the middle of that Eastern Conference. Here's why. Yes, I know Gordon Hayward very, very upset, can definitely get hurt. At the same time, though, now that they've got this depth and the maturity of LaMelo Ball, Rozier, they've got to figure out. They haven't upgraded tremendously when it comes to their front court, but they've done enough. And the emergence of Miles Bridges, I am buying the Charlotte Hornets and thinking that they're absolutely going to be in that playoff mix. I don't think they're going to be in the mix for home court, but fifth, sixth, Definitely seventh. You're going to see them there, AWOD. That's a team I'm buying. Team I'm selling, and I'll go to the next. I'll go to the Western Conference. I am going to be selling the Sacramento Kings because here's the deal with them. 
They have a good amount of offense. Their defense is very, very poor. They're, they're off to a better start than I thought they would be defensively. But when it comes to pace, you're always going to have teams with pace-up spots against them, meaning more possessions will be in their opposition's favor. And while they're 3-2 and two right now, they still haven't really improved defensively. Good start from Harrison Barnes. But outside of Rashawn Holmes and the drama they're dealing with with Marvin Bagley, they as well don't have much when it comes to front court depth, and I think that's going to hinder them. They lose Barnes, they're screwed. So I think at this point, 3-2, and two, I'm selling the Kings. Thanks so much, Justin. Enjoy the rest of your Halloween, man. Happy Halloween, Awad. Yep. Take it easy. 1-800-636-1067. Did you go out this weekend? Did you have a great costume? What were some of the hottest costumes that you saw the ladies around town wearing? What's your favorite candy? What Halloween movies are you watching? All that and more coming up next here on 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back to Spooky Season here on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. Happy Halloween to everyone out there. It's always my favorite holiday every single year. Just because I feel like with Christmas and Hanukkah, you could be a Grinch. I don't like I don't like presents. Thanksgiving, you could be like, I don't like it because you know I'm eating too much food. It makes me fat. There's nothing to not like about Halloween. You get to dress up like an idiot and laugh at yourself. Or go out and get drunk and have a great time. Uh, so happy Halloween to everyone out there. 1-800-636-1067. You can use this time to call in right now and tell me about your Halloween weekend. And if you had a good time, 1-800-636-1067. I want to know uh, what everyone was doing. But real quick, I'm going to go around the NFL, give you a little score update. Halfway through the first quarter right now, Panthers trailing 3 nothing to the Falcons. Dolphins bill 0-0. In the first, I told you the Finns would keep it close. Bears, Niners, 0-0 halfway through the first. Browns up 3-0 on the Steelers. Eagles, Lions tied at 0-0. Colts with a quick 13-0 lead against the Titans. How you like that? Man, I shouldn't have picked the Titans, but I I love the Colts with Mo Ali Cox, uh, my guy there. 13-0 lead in that one. And uh, then we have uh, Bengals trailing 7-0 to the Jets. Hopefully... They can turn things around. Jets with the ball and driving. Rams up 7-0 with the ball as well. So that's your score update in the 1 o'clock. So, Ryan, so you went out this weekend for Halloween. What was your little routine there, and what did you dress up as? So uh, we've all seen the movie The Purge, I feel like. I know you have, right? I have, yep. And so there's this one particular masked guy who has, like, a lighted up, like, with X's across his eyes. There's no real, like, character for what he or she is called. He's just getting into trouble. Exactly. He's just getting into trouble during the purge. 
And so that's what I dressed up as. I had, I bought the mask, like the light up mask. And so it was pretty scary looking. Do you personally like the purge? Have you been, have you kept up with it? Like, have you seen the new ones? Uh, I haven't seen the the newest one. I liked them at first, but then they just kind of got watered down as it went on. I just I never was a fan because I just felt like it was too unrealistic. Exactly. Yeah, it was very like we're really gonna go around murdering each other. Yeah, <laughs> legally, so legally. Right. Yeah. And that, so that's a cool costume. But you made the rookie mistake, which we talked about on bit season, mm -hmm. which is if you wear a mask, you can't get ass. Yeah. Exactly. And that that's what it came down to. You're right. Uh, I didn't get anything. Did any girl ever come up to you and say, "Ooh, I need to see under the mask"? No, that's what, see that's under the hood of your trunk. And see, yeah, that that's what I thought. That's what I thought would happen. It's like maybe the curiosity of someone be like, "Hey, maybe this guy is cute." No. So, she, did you drink with the mask up? Yes. Like, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I had to. There was no. And how hammered did you get? Uh, I wasn't on on the slosh meter from O to zero to ten. I would say I was like a four and a half yesterday. Really? So I, I was nothing crazy because so I knew I, I had to be up today. So and I went out Friday night to Pamplona, and I got a 10 out of 10 slush. Oh, oh, oh we're talking Friday. <laughs> Friday was wild for me. Uh, obviously, I went out as my Uncle Sam costume here, and uh, my bit is I'd go up to people, point them, and say, are you vaccinated? And I scared a lot of people with it. I thought it was really funny, but uh, funny. We, had a, we had a great time at uh, Pamplona with a bunch of my friends. He dressed up. Uh, as a fire a firefighter, which I thought was a great costume with the overalls and everything. That's an awesome like at one. first I didn't recognize the costume and then I looked he had the boots. Like he looked like he was about to save the day in New York City. Exactly. I mean that that's an awesome costume because then and that'll that'll get people's attention too. Because that's a, that's a one costume that you have to go all in on. And yeah. he went all in. So we had really good time. I ran into a few AWOD Army fans out there. There we go. Uh but I have to say there was a lot of great costumes from women out there. But the one that caught my eye the most was the rave girl costume. Uh -huh. Oh, my gosh. This one girl, she was basically wearing like a bikini with uh, a little bit of a covering and ashless chaps. You know what ashless chaps are, Ryan? Yes, I do. They it's the greatest invention in the history of mankind. <laughs> oh, my God. That rave costume was unbelievable. I'm obsessed with this woman. Uh, but, yeah, so there were some really good costumes out there. Uh, Chuck Lee, my guy, had a great Squid Game costume. Uh -huh. Everyone should see Squid Game. He was number one. Uh, I heard DuPont Circle was wild. I met a couple witches, a couple zombies. It was a really fun time. Yeah, no, I saw out in D.C. the other night, I saw My Little Mermaid with, like, you know that? Yeah. Like, the red hair. She had the dye on, too. Ariel. So, so Yeah, Ariel. That's the name. That's my and, sister's name. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and so... All the red dye was like sweating off her. So that's what I felt bad for because it kind of just looked like a mess at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean. That, but that was your favorite costume that you saw? It was one of my favorites. It just and then, blew you away because you were like, this, this girl it's a traded mermaid. in. She traded in mermaid for regular feet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, where's the water at? And you're not swimming <laughs> in the Potomac. I know that. So, But My Little Mermaid. And then another one I saw. And of course, I'm blanking on the name, but it's a, a, an Aladdin character. This one female. Jasmine. Jasmine. That one. Oh, she slayed in the jazz. She, sla the she slayed it. She she won the she won that competition if there was one. <laughs> so Halloween's always my favorite holiday. Uh, I'm always watching movies uh, on Halloween. One of my one of a recent one that I've been watching a lot is Hubie Halloween. Oh, love, that's an awesome. Love one. Adam Sandler. Just <laughs> <laughs> crazy it's voices a great in one. that one. Uh, but the one thing I haven't done this year for Halloween yet is I haven't eaten much candy. Ryan, do you have a hookup? You got any candy out there for me? I mean, the hookup's 7-Eleven. That, that, that's the hookup. But uh, last night, 
I did. I, I found the bag of Reese's Cups, and they weren't just Reese's Cups. They were Reese's Cups filled with Reese's Pieces. Do you do the pro move, though, which is you freeze them? So, yes, I do do that, but these weren't frozen, which okay. bummed me out, which I was about to put them in the freezer and just get them a little cold, but I was, your boy saw it. So, for yeah. some reason for me, I love chocolate ice cream, but I don't really love chocolate candy. I like, if, if it has, like, marshmallow or peanut butter in it and it's a mix, I like it. So, a s'more. You like a s'more. s'more. Uh, three Musketeers, you know, those Three Musketeers things. are But, right. Snickers, but... I'm really into like the fruit candies. I will go crazy for Sour Patch Kids, uh-huh. gummy bears, gummy worms, Skittles. Mm-hmm. You name it. If it's if it's got a fruit flavor, I'll devour it. See, and I like Sour Patch too, but I, I like that chocolate peanut butter combo. Like, you know, the Reese's Cup, you just cannot go wrong with it. Especially if it's the miniature ones and you stick them in the freezer like you were saying. You can't go wrong with that. You just can't. What I end up doing, I bite up the top of the chocolate with a little bit of a peanut butter coating on it. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. It's so amazing. I want to know out there what uh, what you guys thought were the best costumes of the year, 1-800-636-1067, or hit me up at AWOD Radio. I, I definitely think the Squid Game costume was unbelievable uh, I that saw. I saw. Um, there was I saw this one, this one girl I'm friends with posted on Instagram. She went as uh, Dogecoin, and <laughs> like it was like she was an astronaut also. She was kind of saying, like, Doge is going to yeah. the moon. It was a really good. That's bit. a great one. Um, I saw what was another couple. There were there was a lot of good ones that had to do with like Netflix. There was I saw Money Heist was popular mm-hmm. out there. What, what do you think? Some more popular ones that you saw. Well, were? I saw multiple girls dress up as a lifeguard. I think that's just like a lazy. Was excuse. that like a Wendy Peppercorn bit? Like, like a I didn't. Bit? I didn't get that. Maybe, okay, now that or you maybe bring, it was just like they wanted to look hot. Exactly. I think it was just an excuse for them to good wear a bikini. Them, you know? So I mean, yeah. I mean, all the power to you. Yeah. You do that. I, I was I was perfectly fine with it. But I think that's what you now that you bring it up, I think that's what it is. Or they're just lazy and they're just like a lifeguard at work and they just throw yeah. on their the new, you know what the new crazy hot nurse outfit and they put a little blood on their face and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna bite your ass off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that they like, I guess. You've you've seen it though, right? Yes, like of it's course. Just everything but add, add zombie or add death to it. Exactly, add yeah. Blood. It, it it's the in the zombie bit, we that's like what half of them wear. Half of the people do the zombie bit and they'll put the makeup on. I'm not into that. You're not into that. Not into it. <laughs> because then you can't you can't you can't look inside the soul of a person. I you know? Get it. So how would you rate my costume though? So I came out as Uncle Sam Watt. Mm-hmm. Give me a rating. Give me your hmm. honest rating. Because you didn't you were not expecting this when you came in today. I was not expecting about I mean, you are head to toe, Uncle Sam. Thank you. The hat. The shirt, the pants, the shoes. The pants so, are what does it for me. The pants do it because, one, they're iron for some reason. They, they look like they're in really good shape, which is like just something that's funny. And the shoes, they match perfectly. And then the hat on top and the beard, I mean, you're looking beard, like yeah. Honest Abe out there. <laughs> A little bit. I do get I get sized for Halloween every single year. All right, when I come back, it's time to talk Washington Wizards with my guy Troy Halliburton. Here on the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fans, AWOD Weekend Radio. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. It's a wizard Sunday as the Washington Wizards off to an unbelievably hot, red hot, 5-1 start. And here joining me on the hotline is my guy Troy Halliburton, who covers the team. And you were at the game the other night. Man, what are your thoughts, Troy? Hey, hey Waz, man. That was honestly the best Wizards game since the uh, 2017 Cavaliers-LeBron debacle. The energy in uh, Capital One Arena, it was so palpable. It was energetic. It went to double overtime. People were wearing their Halloween costumes. <laughs> but, you know, I honestly was so enthused because that was a game that the Wizards would never, ever win in years past, and somehow they pulled it out. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. I, I kind of felt like a few of the games this year we would have lost uh, years before and instead were winning. I felt like, like that way against Atlanta. I felt that way against the first time we played against the Boston Celtics. Twice in a row, we're shutting down Tatum at the end of the game. You got to love that. Uh, so give me give me three reasons the Wizards are a different team this year than last year. Give me three reasons and why. Well, the first reason, uh, Awad, is the fact that they made that Russell Westbrook trade and they traded one declining superstar and they got back four competent NBA players. And so the Wizards have adequate depth this year that they didn't have in years past. So, and, and then Montrez Harrell, like him being the former sixth man of the year, that's another reason in its own right. Because, I mean, like he just represents something that I think the D.C. fan base has been looking for for so long. And then the last reason I'm going to give you, it has to start with the coaching. Wes Unsell Jr. is such an upgrade from what Scott Brooks was doing last year. Uh, I mean, it's great to see a guy out there actually call him plays. Yeah, you know, I think the Wizards, they, they, they have something that is growing with those three reasons. And, I mean, I'm excited. I am too, man. And I think the biggest thing for me, and Glenn Consor mentioned this last night, which is when this team misses a shot or doesn't convert on the offensive end, it's like they take that personally and they try to get it back on defense. I, I mean, they're getting stops and big points of the game. There, there's no way a team is having a 40-point quarter. That doesn't happen anymore. On offense, it's like they the, they do the extra pass. Wes Unsell Jr., like you said, he's got these these play calls that are working. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a different style of point guard than Russell Westbrook, and it's really helping. So 5-1, and one, what, what do you think the next 10 games? Is this a team that could be 10-2? and two? I don't know about that. See, the NBA, with the, with the way they have the scheduling set up, all I know is that the Wizards were projected to win 33-and-a-half games coming into the season, and if anybody bet any amount of money on the over, I think they're feeling very confident right now. Yeah. But when you talk about what they're doing on the defensive end, I think that starts with guys like uh, Kyle Kuzma and Contagious Caldwell-Pope, who have they have already like been able to have defined roles playing next to LeBron James, winning a championship with the Lakers, they know that they're seventh and eighth men on the roster. And so, like, they're coming out there, whether they make shots or not, they're doing the little things, the intangibles. And I think that that energy and that enthusiasm and that professionalism is something that the Wizards haven't seen in a long time. And it's leading to victories. And it's happened before us. Yeah, no, it really is something. I mean, uh, this team doesn't give up. Uh, a lot of people, uh, my guy Vic, who produces the uh, Washington football teams here on 106.7 Fan, he just walked in during the commercial break and said he turned the game off when they went down by six in overtime. And so many other years, I would have agreed with him. It's over. But this team doesn't give up. They fought to get uh, stops, to get 
possessions on offense. They converted on offense. Spencer Dinwiddie was clutch. Uh, he missed that free throw, but then came back right after that and made the next one. Uh, he's been really cool the way he's bringing like a pure point guard mentality with a high basketball IQ. Uh, it's like nothing against Westbrook, but it was almost more of a ball hog style where it was Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie or I call him Dinwaddy here on the show. He'll go around the screen and he'll pull up. He takes better shots. I feel like he doesn't force it much. Yeah, I mean, Dinwiddie is a much different point guard than what Russell Westbrook does. I think when you look at the difference between them, you have to, it starts with the turnovers. And so, uh, whereas Russell Westbrook is having five almost oh, plus turnovers a game, Dinwiddie is very uh, protective of the ball. And so that keeps extra possessions for the team. And so I'm, I'm also looking at the fact that, you know, he, he's instead of the ball like sticking with one or two players, like he's making sure to, he's, he's really creating himself as a master in this pick and roll with uh, Montrez Harrell. And I think a lot of the Wizards' early success this year has to start with him. Because yeah. really, I think when you look at like the analytics movement, everybody talks about the three-point aspect of the analytics movement. But also the, another big part of the analytics thing is, is like scoring in the paint. And so that's why Giannis is uh, so successful. That's why you know he's a, a guy who plays on the perimeter, but he scores like he's Shaquille O'Neal in the paint. And Montrez Harrell produces on a like not not Giannis level, but when he when he gets the when he gets his hand on the ball in the paint, the ball goes in the basket after that. Yeah. I think that you know that's a skill that is very much needed in today's NBA. And West Antonio Jr. is able to uh, utilize different play sets. Like I love the fact that uh, they were running pick and rolls, and Brad and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie they just kept hunting out Al Horford the whole time. So yeah. they're just like they're running pick and rolls until. Because if the Celtics are going to switch everything, they got Horford on them, and then they were just driving past them. That's like a great them. point, That's Troy, because I noticed that a lot at the end, probably third, fourth quarter, and then both overtimes. It was like Dinwiddie was like, give me Horford. I'm going to take him one-on-one. I'm going to get past him and go to the basket. I love that kind of confidence. They're like, hey, you're you're going to roll with him as your starting center? He's like 50 years old. We're going to take him and make him a liability on defense. That was huge. It was unbelievable. It was smart coaching. It was smart basketball IQ from the guys to do that. You're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio on 106.7 The Fan with Troy Halliburton. Uh, you wrote for the Washington City paper um, about Rui Hashimura. What's the latest with that? Because that's a big piece that could be added to this puzzle here for the Wizards. Him and I think Thomas Bryant could make a three-headed monster at the center position moving forward. Yeah, well, I think, well, you look at the last two games they played without also Daniel Gaffer, who just signed an extension before the season. He's missed the last two games, so he'll be back very soon. Uh, as far as Thomas Bryant, he's uh, slated to be back in early December. And I think Rui Hashimura will probably be on a timetable that is similar to that. Now, of course, Thomas Bryant is coming off of an ACL injury, whereas Rui has been absent from the team. What, what uh, they are calling from a PR standpoint, uh, personal reasons. And so the reporting that I have done is that uh, I mean, I, I saw some stuff out there that Rui is, his name is taboo around the uh, locker room and that people haven't seen him. And so, you know, I talked to people who have direct knowledge of that with, inside the Wizards organization and that Rui is on a path that they have set for him. And he's, one, he's progressing. He shows up regularly to the facility. He's doing individual workouts. But it is my understanding that their plan is for him 
team ease into it. He's going to start practicing probably with the Capital City Go-Go. And then he's going to uh, probably start practicing with the Wizards. But he's on his own timetable. And I think that shout-out to Ted Leotis and uh, the whole monumental basketball organization that they have, that they're taken very much seriously uh, when a player comes to them and says that he's having uh, mental health apprehension or mental health issues and that he just needed a break. You know, as this guy was representing uh, Japan. He was the torchbearer uh, in the Tokyo Olympics. And, and he had a lot of things before, during, and after that that probably was just really stressful for a 23-year-old uh, athlete. And so, but from my understanding, like I said, that Rui is in the facility working out and that he will be, he's very much a part of their plans for this season. And I think that Wizards fans can only uh, just sit back and, and just be happy knowing that they have uh, reserves coming in in Thomas Bryant and Rui Hashimoto. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think one of those things are, so first off, yeah, the, the organization is doing really well. And I think part of that is because of Wes Unsell Jr. being in there and the experience he had with Denver. Denver is such a great team, and you look at the way they play nowadays, it's hard to get into that rotation. So that's why I get it. Rui Hashimura was a huge draft pick, and they have a lot of expectations for him. But you shouldn't rush him back with a new roster with so many new pieces. Heck, Kispert can barely see the floor right now. So I think it's right to take the time with him, get him in the lineup when he's ready. Uh, But one last thing here, because I'm up against the break, Troy. Uh, Denny Avdia, the way he's using him now, Wesson So Jr., it's almost like he's like Jokic a little bit. Like he played some minutes at the backup center role. He came in late in that game and played center and had a huge block. He's not standing around the corner three point line like Scott Brooks had him and only being a shooter. He can be a facilitator, he can be a ball player, and he can go to the basket and he can finish. I- I'm loving what I'm seeing from him so far. Yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing him on the offensive end. And he, he is making progress, and I would like to see a lot more from him. But where I am most impressed by Denny is what he's doing on the defensive end. He's really moving his feet, and he's showing he's 6'9", and he has adequate length, that he's able to guard some of the premier players in the NBA. So the other night, he was you know guarding uh, 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 Hunter from Atlanta and uh, Cam Reddish, and tonight he was strapping up uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And so... I th- he played a lot of minutes when Montrez Harrell went out, and the Wizards don't have a center. Uh, Denny Avdia was actually playing a lot of their power forward center and, and, and making, like, smart, heady plays. So I'm impressed from what I've seen from him, and I would like to see a lot more from him on the offensive end, but I feel like he has shown enough with his creativity that, that that's something that, like, that, that will come naturally. Yeah, I'm impressed by what he's done defensively. A lot of potential with him there, just like a lot of potential with his entire team. The Russell Westbrook trade meant a lot, man. We got three ballers out there that are really at an interesting part of their career where they need to make plays. Aaron Holiday, too. Aaron Holiday came in that trade, too. Exactly. So they traded the pick. They got a pick from L.A. They traded that pick to Indiana. So they got four competent NBA players from that one deal. Like, he would do that every time, 10 out of 10. Yep. Troy, thanks so much for the time, man. Take it easy. Hey, well, I appreciate you. Yep. 1-800-636-1067. The Wizards off uh, to one of the hottest starts in franchise history. 5-1. and one. Team is playing unbelievable basketball uh, right now. They play Atlanta on Monday. They already defeated the uh, I almost said Falcons. The Hawks. I think they can get it done again. Um, this team is just so much fun to watch. Uh, And it's fun to talk about it. Let's keep it going here on 106.7 The Fan. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to AWOD Weekend Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. If you missed any of the show, you can download the podcast by searching for Overtime on 106.7 The Fan on all podcast feeds. And while you're searching for podcasts, you should type in Bit Season to find me, Matt Valdez, and Drab T-shirt, Drabby, uh, talking about the junkies. It's the show behind the show we record every Thursday here in this studio here. Um, and it's a lot of fun, and so you can find that by typing in Bit Season. Uh, we also have our own uh, podcast feed on iTunes. And also, if you missed any of the show, I hope everyone out there is downloading the Odyssey app. Uh, the Odyssey app. Yes, the Odyssey app lets you rewind. It also lets you check out the podcast there. Uh, and I just got a text from my sister. I do need to mention the best Halloween costume has been the Ted Lasso, co- Ted Lasso costumes. I actually saw one of them, and I forgot about it. But that show has been terrific, and you just need to put on a sweatshirt and a mustache, right? That's so easy, though. It's so basic. Yeah, but I love Come costumes. That, uh, you're right. So you're calling my, my sister basic, then. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know, right? No, no, no. You're taking Mi- shots. Miss, Miss Epstein is amazing. I'm sure you're You already sis- took a shot at her earlier because you, you didn't know the name of the mermaid from The Little Mermaid. Okay, yeah. Her sorry. name is Ariel. Ariel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am lo- I love Ariel the mermaid. She, she dressed up perfect. You're right. It is basic to be Ted Lasso, but it's also fun to be a costume that's like really in and hip. You know, like, that's, like that's Squid true. Game was that's more bi- basic because that was too easy, right? Was it though? I don't know. I mean, I, I had to ask Chuck, how the hell did you get that, uh, like, pullover? Like, he, it was like a full-on jogger's <laughs> outfit, and it said 001. He was the old man from the show. <laughs> that was amazing. It was impressive. <laughs> All right, we got a few minutes here. Let's go to the phone lines. we got Rod and Landover. Rod, you want to talk about the Wiz? Yeah, man. How you doing, man? I want to talk about the Wizards, man. I'm, man, look. All right, Rod, look, give me your thoughts man. real quick, man. We only got 45 seconds left. Okay, man, I'm impressed with the defense, man. I mean, last year, if it was a double overtime game, they probably would have gave up about 180. Facts. You know, I remember last year, they gave up 150 to a team. They gave up 150 last year to Milwaukee, and Giannis wasn't even playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, so I'm, I'm impressed with their defense, man. Their offense looked good, of course, but I'm just impressed by the way they play defense, man. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Rod, I appreciate you, and you're right, man. There's a lot of games that we're winning this year that we would have lost last year. So the Washington football team – 425 kickoff in Mile House City against the Denver Broncos. Craig Hoffman coming up next here on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back next week, Saturday morning, here on 106.7 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We got your coverage all day, all night on 106.7 The Fan.